Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Cook Islands rugby defend a coaching change. Samoa's under-20s determined to make amends. Roy Krishna talks recovery and selection puzzles for the Tonga rugby league team. But first, Fiji have extended their lead atop the World 7 Series to five points after overcoming New Zealand 21-7 in the Cup final to defend their Hong Kong title. Samoa missed out on the Cup quarterfinals and were beaten by Scotland in the bowl semis. Meanwhile, Japan overcame the host nation Hong Kong to win the World Series qualifier, sealing a permanent berth on next season's World Series. Tonga were thrashed 33-0 by the eventual winners in the quarterfinals, while Papua New Guinea lost all of their pool matches. The World Series continues this weekend in Singapore. Meanwhile, Fiji referee James Bolabu has been selected among the match officials to take charge of the Olympic Sevens tournament in Rio de Janeiro. The 33-year-old, who has been officiating on the Sevens World Series since 2007, has been included on the women's panel for the Rio Games. The Cook Islands Rugby Union says a coaching change was necessary before June's final Olympic Women's Sevens qualifier. Matt Atinga guided the Cook Islands to a third-place finish at November's Oceania Championship, but has been replaced by former New Zealand squad member Crystal Kawa. Cook Islands Rugby Union CEO Ben Korteka says Atinga's contract was terminated last month, following a difference in opinion over the team's preparations for that event. It was just one of the changes which we had to make, and really grateful to be able to receive a, a real quality applicant like Crystal, as well as um, she'll be assisted by her husband, Brent, too. So um, I think that makes for a nice sort of combo moving forward as the girls prepare for the June Ripper Charge tournament to be played up in Dublin. Yeah, it's been about five months since the uh, Oceania Championship. You know, what's the last sort of five months been like as the preparation continues towards Dublin? I guess it has been just a bit sort of fragmented. You know, the girls have obviously, you know, returned back to their homes as well as their full-time jobs. So, again, we were just having to go through that whole process again in, in terms of um, issuing out the programs and just trying to manage and sort of monitor the girls leading into the June tournament. Is there any prospect of significant match play before the June rapid charge? See, that's been one of the issues in terms of trying to get sort of build-up games. Obviously, it's it's 15 seasons, for example, like in New Zealand, where we're the bulk of our players are. But just being very fortunate to be invited to participate in a four-team tournament, which will be played in May. And thank you very much to um, Chad Toro of the New Zealand Rugby Union. The girls will be playing two tournaments in May. The first one, I think, will be on the um, 7th and 8th. And the second one will be played three weeks weeks later on the 28th and 29th of May. They'll be played up in Auckland. Some of the details are just coming through. But, um, I mean, the girls will be um, Cook Islands, Samoa, and two New Zealand women's sevens teams will be playing in a four-team tournament, hopefully playing about six games each weekend. So that should help with preparation. Was that one of the issues that, I guess, led to the change in coach? 
No, it was just a little issue to do with in terms of trying to get the team up earlier. That's all, just with the whole sort of lead in. So we just had to make a change in there. The phrase that was used in the statement, I guess, was a difference of opinion. Yeah. So the contract for Crystal, is this just for this repercharge, charge, just preparing them for that event at this point? It'd just be our standard. Hopefully Crystal will just take us through into this repercharge as well as into the Oceania 7th tournament for the women's, which will be played around September as well as October. Then we can look to review that at the end of the year. And do you anticipate much changes in terms of the style of play or the players selected? I kind of anticipate that all of the girls are on board and, and you know, like I said, we're just going to all get over their little obstacle and just all need to move forward together, that's all. Obviously it's a huge opportunity to potentially make it to Rio. What sort of expectations do the Cook Islands have on, on how you could go over there? Obviously we're not going up there to sort of make up the numbers. We're obviously there to try and qualify for Rio and we just need to ensure that our plan's nice and solid and we can just do the best that we can do. I'm actually very sort of excited now that we've taken on Crystal and her management team and um, just really looking forward to putting in a really good performance. That's the Cook Islands Rugby Union CEO Ben Corteka. The Samoa under-20 rugby team are determined to right the wrongs of last year and win back their place in the elite World Rugby under-20 championship. Samoa were relegated from the top tier of age-grade rugby last year after losing a playoff match against hosts Italy. Head coach Ramsey Tomokino has selected a strong core of players from that tournament and says they are keen to make amends. Of potential 12 players that could have been returning, we've got five that returned from last year and um, their sole focus or catch grows to fix the situation and try and get this team back up to the Tier 1 Championship. And last year you were an assistant coach with Sima Satita. You've obviously stepped up to the top job this year, so five returnees and, and obviously having been a part of the squad last year yourself, I guess that experience, you know, is that helpful? Yeah, I definitely have been uh, crucial. Those guys, the five of them are forming part of our leadership group as well, and um, we've got two players that have been involved with the Samoa A program as well that have just come off their campaign in Fiji, and then we've also got uh, players that have been in the local sevens development as well, so they're motivated and really know what the task is at hand, and, and is, that is to get to the junior world championship, and we know it's not going to be easy, so we've worked pretty hard here and um, had three games, and those five players are certainly motivated, and their experience has been great and there's lots of learnings uh, they've taken from last year that we can apply to this year. Where does the squad come from? I know you typically go to Australia, go to New Zealand and, and obviously back home so is it, is, is it a bit of a mix again? Or So we've got nine local players from Samoa so an, an increase from last year and some really good talent. Trials were in Australia, we got one player out of there there was trials in Auckland, trials also in, in Wellington and then, then um, if we break it down the percentage of players per trial region there's more locals in terms of the numbers that being selected from anywhere else, which is good and, and good for the future as well. But our key focus here, I've, I've obviously relocated Samoa, is, is development. And obviously we want to try and increase those numbers from Samoa to be greater in the future. And the academy has been launched in Samoa, so which will start to feed into the 20s program. And the, the 20s program needs to feed into the Samoa and 7s and, and hopefully a pathway up into the money Samoa team. In terms of wanting to uh, obviously uh, get back into the Junior World Championship, the top division, um, are there any significant changes we can expect from last year? Obviously there are some new personnel, but in, in terms of how you want to play the game or what you learnt from last year? What we've got to contend with this year is rule changes as well. So kind of changed, um, we've just got to go game by game and you know, obviously we want to play a running game and I like a free-flowing game as do the players and hopefully the conditions in Zimbabwe um, will allow us to do that.
We've just got to be ruthless and take points when we need to take points. And um, you actually have to win every game in your pool to progress to assist a straight crossover final. So there's no second chance. So you've just got to go game by game and um, get your prep right, get your recovery right. Our analysis has to be spot on with the opposition teams as well in terms of we've got different styles of play and um, depending on who we're playing and what will apply. And obviously we're pulled with Fiji and Uruguay and Zimbabwe with the host nation. So I imagine they'll be all... Um, it's going to be no easy games and we can't afford to be complacent or rest players. We need to win and, and win every game and put ourselves in a position to get to the final. Indeed, I think this is the first year there hasn't been a Pacific side in the top tier of the junior competitions and obviously uh, with Samoa coming down that meant that there was only room for Fiji and Samoa and, and no Tonga this time which is unfortunate. So um, for the sake of the region, not just the country, but I guess uh, pretty keen to see one of those countries uh, go back up and see Pacific rugby strong. Definitely, it's, it is a shame that there's not a Pacific uh, minor nation represented in the Junior World Championship. And obviously the Junior World Trophies, it's become a lot tougher. You had Tonga and uh, Fiji in that competition last year and they didn't progress out of it. So obviously with Georgia winning the spoils and, and getting the promotion up to the Junior World Championship. So other nations are developing. Yeah, so Fiji's been in there for a couple of years and you know Tonga miss out and you know that's detrimental to Tonga's program and um Obviously, if, if we were to fail to win this, it'll be detrimental to our program. Well, not detrimental, but, you know, it just uh, puts you back a little bit. And um, yeah, and then, obviously, we'd have to go through a qualification process with Tonga, Fiji, and ourselves if neither of us were to go up. Just in terms of those uh, rule uh, changes or uh, experimentations, I know some were used during the Pacific Rugby Challenge in Fiji recently. So we're talking, what, the six-point try, the two-point penalty, and a few other tweaks as well. Yeah, we've got pretty much the same that were applied in that competition and certainly makes you have a think about how you play the game in terms of if you've got pressure do you take points or if you're in a commanding position where you're dominating you know do you just go for the tries as I think and I guess the, the flip side of that too is if you're on the receiving end of tries is you know like being 8 points down and you know after 2 tries 16 points down you know it's a mental thing as well and so you need to be strong one to get yourself back into the game and then all of a sudden two-point penalties don't look so attractive. I think that's the one thing they probably should not have tampered with. They should have probably left uh, penalties at three points because, you know, there are teams that will infringe, of course, and a team could score a try, be eight points ahead of you, and then you've got, you know, four penalties to kick to, to get square. It is going to be tough. There's obviously new scrum rule changes, and we've tried the best in our practice games here to, to apply those rules. Um, Yes, some interesting ones. It's all about obviously promoting um, attacking rugby, so and hopefully we'll adjust and adapt to the rules. That's the Samoa under-20 rugby coach Ramsey Tumokino. Wellington Phoenix and Fiji striker Roy Krishna admits it's been a bit of a frustrating season, but says he's slowly returning to full fitness. The 28-year-old injured his ankle in January, but returned to play the last three games of the A-League campaign. It's set to be a big few months ahead with the OFC Nations Cup in May and Fiji's Olympic football debut in August. He spoke with Barry Guy. Roy, are you happy with you know the way you recovered from the injury and you know the season's finished up for you? Yeah, no, it was a bit frustrating season for me, but I know I'm happy to get back uh, in the team and uh, start playing. But you know, I lost my touch at the moment. But you know, I think it will take a couple of months to get back used to it. But I'm happy. Yeah, the injury and all those sorts of things. You're 100 percent now, are you? Yeah, injury is like feeling much better now. But maybe after after games, it's kind of tight. But as usual, you know, I think the, my physio told me that it's going to be there for another couple of months and then before it's going to be really good but now it feels much stronger and uh, good. 
And so, how do you sort of rate the season? The sort of it's sort of over. You happy with the way things progressed for you? It was going great, you know, scoring goals and suddenly get injured. And, but you know, that's football, and uh, you got to move on. But I was happy with my performance. Are you now looking forward to being part of Fiji? Yeah, you know, can't can't wait. You know, things they're doing well at the moment, and they're in camp, so can't wait to go back. What's your schedule with them? I think I'm gonna join them when they get back from um, Brazil. They're going on the 25th of this month for 12 days to play some friendlies over there. And then when they get back, probably in the 15th of next month, then I'll join them for camp for the Nations Cup. Have you been sort of talking with the coach? Yeah, no, he, he was happy for me to take a break after the season because I was injured, I came back, so my training was pretty intense and uh, I needed this break, so that's why I'm not going with them for this 12 days tour. So, but when they get back, I'll join them and he's happy with me. It must be very exciting uh, thinking about, uh, or have you been thinking about Rio? Yeah, of course, you know, any player's dreams to play in one of the lifetime opportunities, so you know, it will be a great feeling and uh, I'm looking forward for it. That's the Fiji striker Roy Krishna speaking with Barry Guy. Tonga Rugby League coach Christian Wolf has begun talking to players to gauge who will be available for next month's Pacific Test against Samoa, but he admits it's still something of an uphill battle for the developing nations. The Mate Maa were edged 18-16 last year against the Toa and beat the Cook Islands in October to secure their spot at next year's World Cup. It's an ongoing thing. I'm lucky to have a guy based in Sydney called Dave Tangaratoa who's he's an exceptional help for us and, and does a lot of the organisational sort of work. And at the moment, we're uh, we're just starting to talk to players and you know, gauge availability and work through who's performing well at NRL level and and, uh, and other levels, of course, and get the skeleton of what should be a fairly handy team for us. We're in a good position at the moment with Tonga where uh, we've got a lot of young forwards in particular that are... Uh, really starting to establish themselves as full-time NRL players and, and make a bit of a name for themselves at that level. So and the more players we have playing at that level consistently, then the stronger we're going to be as a team. Are there any individuals that you had last year you're not going to have in your squad again this year? Or is there anyone that you didn't have that you know could be an opportunity? Yeah, look, there's a couple. And I've spoken to you before about the difficulty with the eligibility rules. And for my part, I think they're a little bit constricting, particularly for the Pacific Island nations. You know, they disadvantage us somewhat and... Like if a player has played for us previously and with dual eligibility chooses to play for an Australia or a New Zealand, they're basically punished and not allowed to come back to us for a two-year period. So unfortunately that means guys like um, Tui Lola here who's going terrific for the Warriors and uh, was outstanding for us last year and uh, and also guys like C.I. Tukiaho, um, who again is going really well for the Roosters, who've previously played for Tonga. They played uh, a test for New Zealand at the end of last year, and if they're not picked for New Zealand this year, they have to sit on the sideline and watch international footy for the next couple of years. So I do think that's a real blight on the rules as they stand, and, and certainly in terms of trying to strengthen your Pacific nation. It'd be great for everyone, I think, if those calibre of players were, were playing for us. And, uh, but that's the rules as they stand, and, and we'll um, you know, we'll find some other young guys that are uh, that are going well. And uh, you know, one young fellow that we're we're really hoping makes himself eligible for Tonga is a guy called Atahingano, uh, running around for the Warriors at the moment. And, you know, he's a really good up and coming uh, young half who I think would fit into our system really well, and and uh, and really help us out going forward. So. Uh, there's certainly plenty of young Tongan talent on the horizon. What about with the time frame? Obviously the World Cup is next year, so players are going to start looking ahead to that and thinking, could I make a New Zealand team, could I make an Australian team or whatever, or maybe I want to jump on board that Tongan trainer you know, in time for the World Cup now that you guys are confirmed in there. Do you have any sense that players are starting to think about 
that? What we want to do is start to build a bit of a group that do play together and you know, obviously uh, culture is really strong uh, with, the, with the Tongan teams. We've also got to build a bit of a footy culture and you know, that's something we've tried to do over the last couple of years with the core group that we've had together. So I'm really hopeful that we can keep a bit of a core group and they are a young group as well and you know, they get an opportunity to play together in May this year and then May again next year and you know, we'd obviously look to try and get a, a trial game leading into a um, World Cup as well. So yeah, that means we've spent some time together and we've got a familiarity with each other as players and as a group you know, and also uh, how we want to play. So I'm sure there's going to be lots of guys who, who haven't put their hand up in the past who will probably make themselves available. And some of those guys you obviously can't overlook. You know, they're real class players that are going to bring something to the team and to the group. But at the same time, you know, where we can, we're going to stay loyal to the blokes you know, who've put their hands up previously and, and always been available for Tonga. That's the Tonga Rugby League coach Christian Wolfe. And that is the world in sport for this week. I'm Vidi Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.